Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Johnny with you. No Brett Norsworthy today. He's still on vacation. We'll be back on Tuesday, but we got to talk some college basketball. And joining us like he does every single week, Kevin Sweeney joins us now uh, from College Basketball Central. You can follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central, also at Sports Illustrated. He joins us now. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start with the Tigers. They uh, barely escaped Vanderbilt at home um, on Saturday, but a win's a win. One more game for them in non-conference against Austin P before they start the conference schedule to start the new year. But overall, with, with most all of the non-conference schedule behind them, what have you made of, uh, you know, we talked before the season and, and at the start of the season of Penny Hardaway going out there and, and creating a, a really tough non-conference schedule but then being able to go out there and take advantage of it, what have you made of this Tiger team this year? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're off to the type of start you'd want. Um, you know, certainly that Vanderbilt game wasn't pretty. Uh, it's the type of game that I think very early on you just kind of realize, all right, like whatever it takes to get out of there with a win, don't yeah. worry about the metrics, don't worry about whatever, like got to find a way to win it. They did. Uh, and, and assuming no issues with Austin P, I I mean, they'll, they'll have a chance to, to really post the number. Uh, and, and climb the seed list pretty quickly. This resume is going to be pretty impressive. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, certainly there's a lot of potential landmines in, in AAC play, but with that, a lot of very winnable games, right? They're not walking into with a gauntlet of the SEC or right. the Big Ten where you know, you're going to take five, six, seven losses. Like, they have a chance to be very, very high in the national rankings when we flip into, into February if all things go well. You talked about the seed line a little bit. How high do you think this Tiger team could get, like you said, if they can go in? Obviously, they could trip up here and there uh, in conference play. But if they go in there, they have a pretty good conference record. How high can this Tiger team go? I've seen them at four. I've seen them in the five seed. I've seen them as high as the three seed. How high do you think, realistically, this Tigers team could be in March? Yeah, I think the three is probably the sweet spot where, you know, they have some quality wins in the non-conference and then rip through the, through the league. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe there's a world where if you won out, which, you know, is not out of this realm of possibility, right? right? I mean, you're talking FAU is the only, you know, truly substantial test left. Yeah. If you won out, you'd have a real case, I think, for a two seed. And heck, I mean, maybe, maybe even still that last one. But I, I think that three through six range is, is where they'll land, and that's that's a you know improved spot from where they've been when they've been stuck in those eight, nine, seven, ten games. Those those are tough to get out of the first weekend. I think getting in, getting up getting up there into the the upper echelons of the bracket really does do a great great service to this this Memphis team. Absolutely, and we've been talking you know here locally just kind of these last couple of years. Like you said, you're just stuck in that eight nine game, and and really one of the worst spots to be in when you're in the tournament. So if you can make that jump from eight nine all the way up to three, I mean that's a massive success for this season. A hundred percent. I mean, and, and especially given that he had to basically rebuild this entire roster, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is not. You know, this is not easy to do. Um, there was a point in this offseason where things looked a little bit shaky, and, yeah. and you know, obviously, part of that, you know, the later availability of certain players, including you 
know, mid-season with Tomlin. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a, just a tremendous credit to, to Penny for building a team that was ready to play from, from early in the season. So it's been a concern in the past, and um, he, he, has the, he had them playing great basketball in November and December, and that's Absolutely. really important when you're talking seeding. One David Jones has been electric for this Tiger team this year, and and here locally, people are talking about um, him maybe being able to to be an All American this year. Uh, what do you think his chances are of being kind of in that conversation? What have you made of the job he's done after stops at DePaul and and St. John's, then coming down to Memphis and really taking advantage of an opportunity? Yeah, I mean the knocks on him coming in were number one consistency, number two shooting, and number three, lack of winning. Mm -hmm. He's done all three of those things. He's been consistent. He scored 22-plus points in six or seven straight games. Uh, He's made shots. He's shooting 40-plus percent from three, and he's winning. He's 10-2, and top 15-type team, in my opinion. So uh, he's done everything you could ask, and I I, I will have my full uh, mid-season All-Americans out on Friday over at uh, SI.com. You can check those out, but a little teaser to Tigers fans, he will be a first team All American on my ballot. Wow. Very close. There's 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 tight, you know, it's very tight in that you know, top ten players in the country mix, but I think he has played his way onto that list so far this season. Obviously he has to maintain it, but he, he is certainly in that conversation early on. That that would be massive, uh, and, and certainly massive that he's on your list for midseason. Uh, you mentioned uh, FAU, uh, obviously the biggest test for the Tigers in the American. They go out over the weekend in Las Vegas and beat uh, Arizona. It took double overtime in what was uh, an unbelievable game. What do you make of this FAU team? Because here, obviously, because they're in the conference, a lot of Memphis fans uh, want to talk about, well, you know, they lost to Bryant, and they're just that Silurant, Silurant, Ugh, Cinderella team, easy for me to say. Uh, they're just that Cinderella team that's still kind of riding that wave of what they did last year. But then they go out against um, a, a, a top five team and a really good team in Arizona and beat them. Yeah, I mean, their resume is quietly pretty awesome. And the Bryant game is the Bryant game. Um, but, you know, a few notes there. I mean, first of all, Bryant is now like a fringe is in the top 210 pop. like they are not a good team by any means but they are not a direct of college basketball like that team will be competitive in its conference to win the american east um and fau shot 30 percent from the field it was without a, you know a healthy elijah martin he played off the bench he wasn't himself right like they weren't the team that they are now mm-hmm. and every team's entitled one flip up and yeah. beyond that their resume is monstrous i mean three neutral court wins over high major teams in orlando uh, sweep that you know tremendous mid-major challenge, Liberty and Charleston, beat St. Bonaventure, arguably the favorite in the A-10, and then win on a neutral court, but essentially a road game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have earned all of the love and all of the hype. Now, you know, will they win the American? I don't know. I mean, I think it will be a true toss. I think they're probably a little bit more vulnerable. Um, I think they're a little bit more vulnerable than Memphis, just because of athletically, I don't think they're going to overwhelm you know, the mid-tier of this league, the same way that Memphis will be able to do. Mm-hmm. But they are incredibly well-connected, they're incredibly well-coached, and they have real talent. I mean, John L. Davis has been tremendous, especially lately. Vlad Golden has made a jump. Um, so I, th- I think they have, they've earned the right to be that top-15 type team, and uh, certainly that Arizona 
win will will pay dividends throughout the rest of the season and last Sunday. Absolutely. Well, I've seen a lot of people this week talking about Auburn. They're nine and two right now and uh, have won four games in a row after losing um, on the road to Appalachian State. They're right outside. If you extended the top twenty-five, they'd be number twenty-six um, in the AP poll. But they're right outside, and a lot of people are pointing to the metrics. They're number ten on Kim Palm. They've got uh, top twenty in both offense and defensive efficiency on Kim Palm. How good is this Auburn team? And they've got two more non-conference games, but but um, how, how much of a uh, of a challenge could Bruce Pearl's team be this year in the SEC? I mean, I thought in the preseason they had kind of dark horse Final Four potential, and wow. I certainly still believe that. I mean, they have been outstanding uh, so far. Now, you know, they, they have an interesting resume and in that they really haven't beaten anyone they weren't supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also haven't really lost to anyone they weren't supposed to lose to. I mean, Appalachian State, probably not a great one, but... That's an Appalachian State team that's you know top 110 palm will be a factor to win the Sun Belt. Like that is a dangerous Appalachian State team. You play them on the road. It is what it is. So the resume doesn't quite stack up with the you know the efficiency numbers and the metrics. And you know I understand that, but I think they will in time prove their worth. I mean, Aiden Holloway, their freshman point guard, has been incredibly explosive offensively. Um, Chad Baker, Mazzara, and Denver Jones, and a couple of other transfers have really just stabilized their backcourt, right? I mean, you yeah. think about Auburn last year. They had such talent in the front court with Janai Broom, but Katie Johnson and Wendell Green, just too – the highs were high, but the lows were too low. Mm-hmm. And I think this year this team's a little bit more stable. And when Bruce Pearl has had stable teams in the backcourt, they've been as good as anyone in the SEC. And I think they have a chance to be right there in that conversation again this year. Yeah. We're talking to Kevin Sweeney. joins us every single week to talk – college basketball. You can check his workout at Sports Illustrated. Last week when we talked to you, there were some um, really exciting games that night. One of them being Duke uh, and Baylor. Duke gets the win. Um, John Shire gets his first uh, win over a top 10 opponent. Uh, what do you make of this Duke team? Because they've you know kind of been up and down to start the year. They've lost some games. I think a lot of people would think that, that they should win. They lost a close one against Arizona, but then they go out, lose back-to-back games against Arkansas and Georgia Tech, as they get ready to start conference play, what have you thought about the start of the season for Duke? Yeah, that was a gritty win over Baylor. Mm-hmm. Important game for them. No Tyrese Proctor. How do you respond when you really need that resume win? And, and those freshman guards, Caleb Foster uh, and Jared McCain, step up combined for 33. That's really the intriguing part of this Duke team. Mm-hmm. Is, all right, you have Kyle Filipowski, you have Jeremy Roach, a veteran scorer who can average 15 a game. You have Proctor once he's healthy off the ankle. And then you have these two freshmen. If they're consistent, this is all of a sudden one of the best backcourts in the country combined with an elite big in Filipowski. And you can deal with some of the work. You know, they're a little bit small on the wings. You know, defensively, they have some issues. Like, you can live with all those works because you have elite guard play in one of the best bigs in the country. Right. Um, when those guards have not played well, they look very beatable. I think those guys are going to continue to get better. I think Jared McCain and Caleb Foster have shown that they can make big shots in big games. Their confidence level is really high. I think Shire's done a good job of kind of pouring into them and not letting them waver early in the season when things haven't gone their way. Um, and, and a game like Baylor is just an awesome kind of building block for them. You know, I'm still yeah. I'm still in on Duke. You know, I, I don't know that they're the top three team that everyone had them in the preseason, mm-hmm. but I certainly wouldn't be selling all my stock. I think they'll be right in the mix in the ACC. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, one of those teams I mentioned uh, they lost to earlier in the season, Georgia Tech. First year under Damon Stoudemire. A lot of people here locally are, are really rooting for Damon. Uh, he was on staff here at Memphis before taking over at Pacific. Uh, now at Georgia Tech, and they're eight and four right now. Um, looked pretty good out in Hawaii at the Diamond Head Classic. They've got wins over Mississippi State and Duke already this year um, as they get ready for conference play. What, what have you made of, of the job Damon Stoudemire has? done in his first year at Georgia Tech, and, and how good can this team be in conference play? Yeah, I think the thing that Damon proved at Pacific was that he was willing to roll up his sleeves and get dirty. Um, you know, he proved he could recruit and mm-hmm. identify under-the-radar players, right? Like, he wasn't walking in, putting his rings on the table, saying, here's what I've accomplished, here's right. why you have to come play for me. He was willing to go get gritty, under-the-radar dudes, and I think that has helped him at Georgia Tech. They have, They have multiple freshmen in this rotation, guys who are un- overlooked, undervalued. Uh, their starting point guard right now, Nathan George, had zero offers of any kind, wow. not not just high major, any any Division One offers, on in July of this year. He was playing Holy at the I watched him play against Dylan Harper, uh, and I was like, who is this kid? A month later, he surfaces at Georgia Tech, now he's starting a point guard, right? Like, that's the that's level incredible. of coach that James Sotomayor is to under, you know, discover some of these under-the-radar talents. Bay Dongo has also been terrific, another freshman. So they've got a bright future. I think they're probably more like an NIT team mm-hmm. this year than a tournament team. But to get some big wins and get these young guys experience has been been really critical. Yeah. Uh, UConn, uh, defending national champions. Uh, we were talking about injuries earlier. Um, Donovan Klingon, he's out, uh, expected to miss three to four weeks with a tendon injury uh, in his right foot. How big of an injury is this for UConn as their starting conference play? He was injured earlier in the season, missed um, the start of the year. Um, I believe they've had some other injuries at UConn, guys just getting back onto the court. Um, how, how much does this injury affect UConn? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a huge loss. Um, you know, for a, for a number of reasons. Number one, you lose him for a month of Big East play. That might be the difference between winning and and losing the Big East championship, which yeah. matters to them. Obviously, they didn't win it last year before winning the national title. They want it back. This will this will hinder them quite a bit. They don't have a ton of front court depth behind him. The other thing is he's a seven footer with multiple foot injuries in the span of three months. Yeah. I mean, he already was a little slow for most of December after he came back from the initial foot injury and only really started to, you know, hit his stride there late in the month when they played, uh, played UConn or excuse me, they played Gonzaga out in uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to then get hurt immediately again, I mean, that's very scary with seven players. We know the history of big with, with, with foot injuries. So, you know, I, I'm certainly optimistic that we'll see him again as soon as possible, but I'm not sure we'll see him at 100%, and UConn really does need to, and I, I'm sure they will, need to be judicious with him because mm-hmm. he has such a bright professional future, and we don't want to blow that over over games here in, in February. So right. hopefully he's back soon. It's important to get him back because I, I think it's going to be a tall order for them to win the Big East Championship without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, i got a two-part question. I'll, I'll ask them separately. With us, you know, we're... Over the weekend, I guess, is uh, is New Year's Day. We'll be in 2024 next time we talk to you. So um, through kind of non-conference play for a lot of these teams, who's been the, the biggest surprise team or maybe a couple of surprise teams um, that have kind of caught you off guard to start the year? That's a good question. Uh, I think probably the biggest surprise in my mind would be BYU. Yeah. I mean, for, for them to – I don't know how real the – 
you know, top five Ken Palm number really is at this point. Mm-hmm. But for them to go from pick 13th, and quite frankly, I think you went into the year saying, I don't know how BYU ever really competes in the Big 12. <laughs> how are they going to get talent? How are they going to, you know, match up with Kansas and Texas and Baylor and, and all the elite coaches and, and, and talent acquisition guys in that league? For them to be out to the start they are is, is, is huge, not just for this year, but but really for the program's trajectory. And uh, on the other side of that, biggest disappointment uh, this to start the season? Oh, another tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, would, it probably would have been Michigan State until a week ago, but they've really bounced back, got the win over, over Baylor, looked dominant here in the last couple bye games that they've played. I, I think probably, to me, like a under-the-radar Team that I, I, I have been a little bit underwhelmed with is Alabama, mm. and the metrics still love them. But at seven and five, I, I just felt like with the talent, you'd find a way to win one or two of these big ones. That's what they haven't, you know, set them up to really need to do some work in the SEC to earn earn a strong seat on Flex Sunday. Yeah, when well, you mentioned Michigan State, kind of a scare, not kind of a, a really scary story over the weekend. Their freshman uh, Jeremy Fears got uh, sent to the hospital after being shot at a at a house party. Was with some friends. Uh, he was at home for the holidays and. Um, had to go to the hospital after being shot. Uh, I think he got released either today or, or yesterday from the hospital, but he's going to miss uh, a lot of time. And a guy that came off the bench, gave them uh, some, some good minutes here and there, but I mean, that was a scary situation over the weekend. Yeah, he had earned a little bit of his uh, trust finally, and, and to lose him from their rotation, obviously. Uh, a, a blow to Michigan State, certainly secondary to his health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say there was a kind of a strange karma involved there, Izzo was interviewed right before the kids went home for Christmas break and said, you know, I'm not worried about kids anymore. Like, I used to get worried that someone would go shoplift for Christmas gifts, but now they all have their NIL money and they're fine. And then <laughs> a day later, you Lord. Know, your freshman point guard gets shot. I mean, it was just one of those things you couldn't script. But, uh, kind of classic Izzo foot and mouth. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, thankfully it sounds like he's doing all right, mm-hmm. whether he's out for the season or not. Yeah, certainly his future is certainly bright, and hopefully he'll be back on the court yeah, really scary. Last thing for you, uh, Kevin, before we let you go, uh, last week we were talking about uh, Louisville and Kentucky, a uh, big game um, for both those teams, but it sounds like Louisville is going to keep Kenny Payne around. Their, their AD came out and said that he's going to remain the coach into the new year. There's been some some rumors, some speculation, some reporting going around um, that this could all be a, a money thing. You talked uh, last week about you know who are you going to get at, at interim. It doesn't sound like anybody on staff really wants to take over what did you make of the news that sounds like for the time being they're going to stick with them and and where do you think this all stems from uh, of the reasons behind them keeping them yeah it's still a very tenuous situation for yeah. Kenny Payne I don't necessarily expect that this means he will make it through the regular season just that you know they are not going to make a move off the Kentucky game whether that's off the Virginia game or the Pitt game or the Miami game right like it, it will be day to day for yeah. the rest of the season um but I think the issue is more so at the hand of what does a succession plan look like mm-hmm. for the remainder of the season than the money. I mean, the money, I think they could potentially save $2 bucks if they wait, not just until the end of the season, but until March 31st, which would be pretty substantial time to lose the portal. I don't anticipate them being willing to wait that long. At a program like wow. that, you got to find the $2 million. Bucks. Um you know, to to me, it's it's more about the succession plan from what I've heard and what that looks like for the remainder of the year. I just don't think Louisville at this point is comfortable 
uh, with, with what that looks like. And, and for now, we'll let Kenny Payne continue to take some bullets. Mm. It just gets wilder and wilder seemingly every day with, with what goes on at Louisville and that basketball program. But, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, always a lot of fun talking hoops with you. Uh, Happy New Year, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you, sir. Happy New Year. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Sweeney, he joins us every single week to talk college basketball. Go follow him on Twitter, especially if you like college basketball. For sure. Um, he does a great job covering the sport. Very active on Twitter or X, if you want to call it that. I, Johnny, we've talked about this before. Refused to call it X. I don't um, call it's it It's Twitter X. to me. It's natural. It's always Twitter to me. It's always been Twitter. It always will be Twitter to me. Um, maybe I'm starting to sound like a you know an old man or something. I'm stuck <laughs> in my ways. Stuck in your um, ways. But, but seriously, go follow Kevin on, on, on Twitter. He does a really great he also is just a great guy, man. Yeah, and 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 really, you know, again, maybe I'm crazy, but I love watching mid-major basketball. Yeah. You know, some of the smaller teams, and he does a good job, you know, talking about that uh, when it needs to be talked about. So uh, always fun talking to Kevin. He joins us five o'clock every single Wednesday afternoon. Johnny, a little bit of a score update here, West Virginia. Up seven nothing over North Carolina. Just my luck. But North Carolina's driving. Um, they just did get a, a, a penalty. But just my luck. Um, they're they're kind of driving. They've got a, a quarterback in here. I don't know if this is their backup or if this is their third string. I looked up yesterday. We were talking off air, Johnny, of who was going to start for North Carolina. Yeah, we were. Um, and. They they showed the guy who's starting right now. They flashed his name up on the the screen a couple of minutes ago, and I I can't remember what his name was, but I don't think it was the name that I thought was going to be starting. Maybe it is Connor Harrell um, is starting right now. He's the guy. Um, he is a freshman oh my from goodness. Alabama. I do not think this is the guy that I thought they were going to be playing. Um, right now, he's got in North Carolina just uh, tacked on a field goal, so seven three. And the 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 kicker just pushed one of West Virginia's players. I like what is it. going on? I like it's it. Very light push, but still, what are we doing? Um, Con- Connor Harrell, their uh, their quarterback, they've got in right now. He's five for seven um, for seventy yards. He does have one interception, but right now, Johnny, he is leading the team in rushing with forty nine yards on the ground on eight carries. He has a long of seventeen right now. As we are uh, in the second quarter at the Duke's Mayo Bowl, somebody's coach is going to have mayo done. All over them. I like it. Let's Nasty. see who do, who gets Disgusting. it done. Gross. Hopefully, would you have mayonnaise dumped on you? No, bro. What condiment would you have dumped on you if you had to pick a condiment to be dumped on you? Barbecue sauce. That's a good answer. How about you? I mean, probably barbecue sauce. That's a good answer. I mean, man, mayonnaise smell bad. <laughs> it's just gross. I yeah. mean, oh, I, I don't like mayonnaise. Imagine but, mustard. Ugh. Ugh, hey, I wouldn't pick mustard. I mean, I the only really condiment I use is ketchup. Okay, and that's a solid. Sauce, that, but I use barbecue sauce. Them are too solid. I, I don't want. I don't think I want ketchup dumped on me. No, I think I'd rather have barbecue sauce. But barbecue sauce is kind of sticky sometimes. Like that's the only thing. I don't know if that's I want barbecue the only sauce thing. on me. But it's interesting. Like these bowls, and I think nowadays with kind of the landscape of bowls, I think you have to be creative. Like the Duke's mayonnaise bowl, they're very creative. Is with this. of we're gonna dump mayonnaise on the winning coach because guess what, Johnny? Everybody's been talking about. Oh, today's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Somebody's going to have mayonnaise dumped on their head. Everybody looking forward to it. Everybody's looking forward to it. The Pop-Tart Bowl. Pop-Tart Bowl. In the mascot. See their trophy? No, I didn't. Their trophy has – so it's – I'm going to try to describe it as best I can for for an audio form of media. Uh, It's basically just a regular trophy. It's got a football on top of it, kind of on like a, a little stand. It's got a football on top of it. And on the football, there are two openings. 
Okay. Where you can put Pop Tarts. And so they showed the, they, you know, had the press conference or whatever, and they had the trophy there, and they had two Pop Tarts sitting in it. So that's creative. That's very Obviously, creative. they made headlines because they said the winning team would be able to, would, after the game, the winning team would take a bite out of the edible mascot. Yes, they did. And everybody's like, what does that mean? So I don't know if they're just going to have Pop Tarts in the, in the trophy. Well, I think they made I don't, one big Pop Tart. What's your favorite Pop Tart, Johnny? Uh, had to be either blueberry or strawberry. I like strawberry. I'm a, I I think my favorite though is probably brown sugar cinnamon. Oh, that's a, a solid pop that tart. That or strawberry. As a kid, I loved s'mores pop tarts. Those are really that's good a good one. Well. That's a good I haven't one. Haven't had one in a long time. But you know, we're a little older now. Brown so. sugar. What's that supposed to mean? I can't enjoy a <laughs> s'more pop tart. Well, Brian, you know, you're getting a little older, man. Don't move like I used to. I mean, good Lord. Uh, I'm, but I'm either a brown sugar cinnamon or a uh, strawberry guy. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in a, in, a, in a minute, though. I need to. Maybe I'll go buy some tonight. And yeah. When is the Pop-Tart Bowl? I'm certainly eating Pop-Tarts. While, we got to eat Pop-Tarts while watching the Pop-Tart, watching the Pop-Tart Absolutely. Bowl. Well, let's go ahead, get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If I go crazy, then Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Johnny with you. We got a little bit less than 30 minutes left in today's yes, we do. show. And, uh, Johnny, we have a caller who wants to talk, uh, w- he want to talk 49ers. He, wanna, he wants to talk 49ers. And he want to make his case why Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. Man. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. That's what you said earlier. You said that he's the Bryant, MVP. I, I'm probably having to change a heart, man. Really? I, I'm probably having to change a heart right now, man. But okay, so you don't think Christian McCaffrey's? A, a, I don't, man. Okay, I, I all don't. right. Well, let's hear uh, J Dog on the line. Uh, J Dog, what's up? Uh, you want to talk 49ers? Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Just trying to get everybody to realize Lamar Jackson is not an MVP quarterback. Mm. Oh my goodness! Why? So what? What? <laughs> who do you think's MVP? Are you Christian McCaffrey? That's what Johnny was saying. If they don't give it to McCaffrey and it goes to a quarterback, it has to be somebody like that. It has to mm. be. Really? Okay, bro. okay, Janoris. We had this conversation yesterday, man. Quick backstory: Me and Janoy, oh, so you know each other. Yes, we 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 worked together with okay. Memphis football. Okay. Shout out to Memphis football, Shout by the way. Football. Shout right. out to yeah. Mr. Mark. Shout out Memphis football. But um, okay, Janoy's Lamar Jackson. You know what? Earlier, betting favor right now. Earlier, thank you, Brian. Uh-huh. But earlier during the show, Brian, you you heard me say Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. Brian, more and more, I just think about it. Lamar's the MVP. But what is Lamar Lamar's done? the MVP what is of the Lamar league? Done that makes you think Lamar that. Jackson done. Yeah. yeah. It was the defense in that wait, game against the 49ers. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, one at a time, right? <laughs> hey, Brian, Brian you, you my guy now. Come on, come on, I mean, Brian. I'm just asking. I, I want to hear <laughs> okay. both sides of this. Brian, Brian. Okay, now let's look at these numbers, man. Look, at, Lamar come up in big-time games, man. Okay. He comes up in big-time moments, man. We all watched the 49ers game. We did as well. Mm-hmm. Lamar, he did it on the ground, and he also did it in the air. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be honest, he don't really have no weapons. 
Hey, correct me if I'm not. Mark Andrews out. Am I not right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the number one option, Brian. Mm-hmm. He got Likely, who have been who developed good. Zay Flower, who has been a solid rookie for him. Mm-hmm. And Odell Bell, let's be Odell Odell Beckham. That's my guy. But let, let's be honest, Odell's not the same guy no more, Brian. Right. If I'm not mistaken, every game. He showed up and they won, man. That's all I'm saying, man. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I completely agree with the fact that if it's going to be a 49ers player, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey and not Brock yes, Purdy. And I've been saying that since the start of the season. Brock Purdy is an okay quarterback surrounded by playmakers. Um, so I like uh, I like Christian McCaffrey a lot. I am a Tyreek Hill guy. I'm in favor of Tyreek Hill winning this. And that's a, solid, that's a solid guy to go for. Yeah. That's a solid guy. j Dog. I got a question, man. Well, I want to hear his reasons for, for Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry not to cut you go, off. But no, wanna, go ahead. You go ahead, bro. Your reasons go ahead. for Lamar. Go ahead. J-Dog, what, what are your reasons for, for Christian McCaffrey to win, win the MVP? All right. If you look at McCaffrey's stats, he got 1,395 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's 603 yards away from 2,000. That's true. Which you can possibly get. If he can average 150 between these last two games, that'll put him over. That'll put him at 300. That's a lot of yards. With his uh, with his stats. So, and he gonna get a chance to play at least two, three playoff games yep. at the most. Yeah. So he could possibly get 2,000 yards, and he has 14 touchdowns on the ground and seven in the air. Also. He scored a touchdown every week besides one week. Mm-hmm. Where you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, if you're going to be an MVP as a quarterback, you got to lead the NFL in passing yards. Uh, you got to have some games where you're throwing at least over two or 300 yards. Mm-hmm. It's been games Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown a touchdown at all. It's been games he ain't reached over 200 yards, and he only had like two, three games where he done had 300, at least 300 yards passing. And he only got 19 touchdowns on the season. That's not MVP caliber as a quarterback. Hmm. Okay, okay. Good argument. I hear what you're saying. It's good argument. But, but, Brian, like it or not, me and you both talked about this. What is MVP, man? That's a quarterback award, right? I mean, it has been. Wait, I don't think Brian, it should be a Brian, quarterback Brian, award. Brian, award. But I'm literally I, I'm Brian. sitting here saying I think Tyreek Hill should be the, the MVP. We know what It's we, most valuable player, not most valuable quarterback. Brian, we all know what we want, but we <laughs> always don't get what we want, Brian. Brian, oh, we, is this the life's not Brian, fair Brian, call? Brian, 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 life ain't fair, Brian. And, Brian, we all know. A quarterback's going to get the award, and they're going to give it to Lamar, especially if Lamar went, went out for the rest of the regular season. He's getting the award. It's an interesting. Let me tell you, to a quarterback, they got to light up the NFL, man. Genoa, he man. ain't even got thirty close to forty touchdowns. Dak's in at thirty now, and he almost had four thousand passing yards. Lamar got what's up. Man, I have love for you, bro, but I'm going to be real. We all want something, but we just won't get it, man. I love the numbers that you're bringing out. I'm glad you came prepared to come on the radio. Me and Brian, we, we are excited <laughs> for this moment. But but let me tell you this, man. I'm just being honest. We both know, me, you, Brian, we all know that at the end of the day, Lamar's going to get this MVP, especially if he went out. If he went out. I'm not saying it's fair. I said Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, I feel like he should I mean, win. It's been two hours. You yeah. can change your entire stance on who you think is going to win. Hey, man. And I'm hey, starting I'm to <laughs> think it's because 
our friend here is saying Christian McCaffrey, and you just want to be different. You just want to be I, argumentative. Hey, hey, man, don't do that, Brian. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying. It, make, it, make, it makes sense, man. If you're going to give it, if you're gonna get that award to a quarterback, they have to have the numbers, man. And like yeah. you say, Lamar, he don't have the weapon. Okay. He don't. But what about what about what about a, a great quarterback like Tom Brady? You could compare- argue he didn't have a big time receiver. That's true. But look at look at what he done over his career. That's, That's not true. an excuse for Lamar Jackson. Mm. Wait one second, my brother. Hey, hey, hey. Well, he, wait he one second. Wait one second. But correct me or not. But correct me or not. He said Tom Brady never had no great receiver, right? He had Randy Moss, Hall of Famer. He, he had Moss. Rob Gronkowski. He yeah, had Julie. I not receive. Hey, man, no, let's no. go to, do, do we want to talk about <laughs> Julie Ellerman? Nah, Julian, I do. Wes Walker? Oh, okay, let's talk that talk with me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so what about what about the year he went and they beat Atlanta? Who did he have on his team then? He had Julian Ellis. Well, <laughs> he had, <laughs> me, he had me, you, and Brian. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did. He had a lacrosse yeah, player out there. He had a lacrosse player out there. Hey, man, but you know what? Regardless of who you got, you got to make it work, man. Yeah. What? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing. It's it's, it's going to be an interesting race down the stretch. It is. And we'll see uh, who comes out on top. Uh, J-Dog, thanks so much for, for calling. Uh, I did not know that uh, – I wouldn't have called you J-Dog, but that's what, uh, you know – that's Johnny, that's name. Johnny that's has that's been that. referring nah, nah, to you as your real name, and J Dog is what's put up there. But thanks so much for calling, man. Uh, please call in again. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you for uh, allowing me to be on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks again to J Dog for calling. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because um, I think this could go a lot of different ways. But me too. You know, Johnny. I don't want a quarterback to win it because I I think there are really good players at the receiver position, at the running back position that are better than what the quarterbacks have done. What did I mean? Look, here's the thing: Tom Brady has gone on record and has said there's really mediocre play at quarterback in this league. He ain't lying, and we wanted to push back on it, but I think he's kind of right. Cam Newton comes out four weeks ago when your leaders in the clubhouse for for MVP were. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, um, Jalen Hurts. Hurts, and then uh, I guess uh, Lamar was behind them. But those were your top three. Yeah, he was down bottom. But I think Cam Newton put um, Lamar in the conversation and said, these are all game managers. None of these guys are difference makers at the quarterback position. And at the time, everyone was going, right. you're crazy. You're crazy. Look at these guys. Look at all the wins. Look at what they're doing out there. You missed the player. He said two or two. He said two. He did say two. And you look at Dak Prescott has has struggled at times. Jalen Hurts has struggled at times. Yeah. Brock Purdy, when he didn't have his guys out there, really struggled. And last game had four interceptions. Tua, when he didn't have Tyreek Hill, he really struggled. I'm starting to think these quarterbacks that have been in the league know what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like they have struggled, but we talked about history on this show, man. I would love to see a non-quarterback window war, if I I want to be honest. And and I like all of those quarterbacks. I think they are really good quarterbacks. But maybe it's just me wanting this award to... You know, go to somebody that's not a quarterback for once because of the seasons that Tyreek Hill is having, the seasons that Christian McCaffrey is having. You could go down the list of other guys, but I certainly think those are the top two. Yeah. I I would rather one of those guys win it. Brian, it would... 
we talked about history, man, and that is making history. We haven't seen me and you for sure haven't seen a, a running back get the award since uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and and a receiver never run, won the award for MVP. But Brian, I don't like it. You don't like it, and Janoris don't like it. My dog, J Dog, he don't like it. But at the end of the day, they're gonna give it to a quarterback. And you said and you said it right now, uh Lamar is the leading go getter right now for the MVP. Yeah, I think minus one sixty last time I checked. I can check again, but I think earlier today I checked it or maybe it was yesterday I checked in, he was minus one sixty. So uh you know, he's certainly a, a big lead right now in the MVP race and I think, you know I, and he's a good player. He's done he's he's played really, really well. Um and, and I think you know, the thing about Lamar is you can't just look at his passing yards because he is also a threat with his legs. Yes, he is. And that has to go into it when you're talking about MVP because this isn't most valuable quarterback when you're just, where you're just looking at passing yards and this and that. It's the most valuable player. You know, it's all-around game of a player. And so I think he's certainly there. Lamar Jackson has actually moved uh, minus 170 for um, MVP, Christian McCaffrey right behind him at plus 400. Yeah. Tua at plus 1,000. Tua's had a really good year. I, I, I've loved watching any state healthy. I think that's right. a huge thing about Tua. Brock Purdy plus 1,200. Josh Allen plus 1,300. Dak Prescott um, plus 2,000. Uh, Tyreek Hill plus 2,200. Brian, mark my words, bro. Mark my words, Brian. If Tua beat Lamar, watch them try to give put Tua ahead of the MVP race. I can see it. That's what's going to happen. Because, Brian, we don't like it, but this is just how it is. This is a quarterback award, and yeah. they're going to give it to the best quarterback they think is playing at the time. Well, I mean, they, I, I, you're probably right. This is, uh, you know, the quarterback is the leader of the team, and, you know, the MVP has kind of turned into a quarterback award. Um, but, you know, that's going to be a huge game Sunday. Uh, Dolphins, Ravens, 12 o'clock on CBS. And that could tell us a lot. Dolphins have been kind of a different team. They're 11-4 and four on the season. Three of those losses have been on the road. Um, and the Ravens have been uh, really, really good this season and, and had a statement win last week. So we'll see what happens. It will be, um, you know, really interesting to watch that game and a lot of other really interesting games in the NFL this week. And let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla. 
with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Johnny, what I learned today, a couple of things. First thing, uh, West Virginia now up 14-3. Country roads take me home. How about that? Yeah, how about uh, it? A big lead for West Virginia right now is they're in the second quarter. But the, the what I really learned today, I saw this quote earlier today on 3 Post-It. Lane Kiffin um, was asked about the transfer portal and the college football calendar, and he said, quote, It's a terrible system. I wouldn't think of any other sports uh, have ever set up a system where free agency starts while the season is still going. That's kind of what we were talking yeah. about earlier with David Cohn of, I mean, these it's bowl the wild, games, wild it really is, and these bowl games are turning into, like, who's playing, who's opted out, who's in the transfer portal. This guy already committed to this place, but is he going to still play for that team? This guy's in the portal. Is he going to still play for the team that he's transferring out of? Um, it has gotten crazy. I don't really know what you do about it. I don't know if, at this point if there is anything you can do about it. A lot of people are in the comments section saying, well, you, you hate the transfer portal, but you've gone out there and gotten the number one transfer class, and you have all these guys coming. Yeah. in from the transfer. Oh, so just because he doesn't like it means he's supposed to fall behind and, yeah, and not and fall go behind? out and get great players in the transfer portal? He's doing what he's got to do. I mean, right. you got to do what you got to do. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct, man. And if you fall behind, Brian, <laughs> you will get fired. Oh, you absolutely will. So, uh, you done? <laughs> you got it. Okay, uh, what I could uh what I learned today is Jair Alexander is suspended yeah, for a contact conduct. Did, did, uh, you know what I mean. Con- Try it, you got it. <laughs> Try that from the top. Jair Alexander is suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. And that yeah. is something, exp- man, I don't know what's been going on with the Packers. And you know con- you know this like I know. When you get them type of suspensions, yeah. it's up to the team. It's not up mm-hmm. to the league. And for all we know, he can be gone for the whole season or yeah. or are we – well. <laughs> They, he really could be done for the season. How is it looking right now? Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that. I, I that shocked me earlier today. Um, so hopefully it's not anything crazy. Maybe just one game. Uh, you know, something. I don't know, something minor, but you know, detrimental to to the team is is certainly strong that's, language that's for suspension. Um, what I could have done without. We've got uh, sort of a. Um, a beef growing between Debo Samuels and Cam Newton. I love it. Did you see this today? So up in Adams, I meant to send uh, it to you with K Adams. You did see this earlier yeah, today. I meant to send so, it to you. So K Adams has a show. I believe it's on FanDuel TV. Um, I've never actually watched. You need it. to tune in. I, I do need to tune in. You're you're right about that. But um, Debo Samuels was on the show today, and she threw up a quote or a tweet that Mike Parsons sent out yes, about he did. y'all were down and y'all couldn't do anything thing and ha 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 you know whatever y'all talk all that but then y'all get down and can't come back I'm kind of referencing to a couple of months ago when the Cowboys lost to the 49ers and you know really dug themselves in a hole early and couldn't come back Um, and so before she was asking him about this uh, you know tweet that was put out and before Debo Samuels even acknowledged Micah Parsons tweet he said Cam Newton Stop texting my phone, bro. You wanted me on your show yeah. and was and, and was a fan two weeks ago. I like it. And now you've after and he said, after talking about my quarterback, kind of back to what we were talking about earlier, Cam uh, Newton Purdy. saying Brock Purdy's just a game manager. Um and then Cam Newton quote tweeted it with a video of his own, basically saying, I'm out here trying to, you know, give 
players a platform. I want to bring on everybody and talk to them and get their you know sense of everything. I'm I, I've got a podcast. I'm just, everybody has a podcast. Now, everybody do. But I I thought that was interesting. A little beef going on, obviously. And then Dino like Samuels it. goes on to talk about um uh, about um. Parsons and, and what he said, and that it seems like they don't like each other either in terms I like of just it. on the football field. So it, it's interesting. I like it. I think it's good for the game, and it's very entertaining yeah. as long as it just stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one thing I ha- have to – oh, one thing I could be – Do without. <laughs> yeah, do yeah. without is Aaron Gordon. Have you heard about that? Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's brother. out. He's going to miss tomorrow's game. Yes, yeah, and guess why? Uh, no, I don't know why. Why? Due to a dog attacking him. Whoa. Yes, man. Due to a dog – Attacking them on the face, on the hands, and res- and that happened on on Christmas Day. Really? Wow. We've had some interesting injuries to, in terms of NBA players. We had um, uh, Kelly Oubre who got hit by a car and was out Allegedly. for a couple of games. Wow. Okay. Um, and now we've got this with Aaron Gordon getting attacked by a dog. That's crazy. Um, quickly, Johnny, where are you beaming tonight? Man, I'm beaming to the North Carolina versus Virginia. Hopefully, All North right. Carolina uh, pull it out. I need them. You'll get to see the second half of that game for sure. I'm going to beam tonight to this Louisville-USC game. We'll see what happens. 7 o'clock. Handful of NBA games uh, tonight. Uh, Raptors-Wizards on NBA TV. Uh, two bad teams playing against each other. Um, some other notable games. 76ers and Magic at 6 o'clock should be a really fun one. Suns-Rockets later tonight at 7. You've also got the bowl games tonight. Only two college basketball games on tap so a very limited schedule but that's all the time we have today enjoy your night we'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock